Hey, welcome to the Blazing Laser Show with me, Blazing Laser Weiss. I guess Rabbi Blazing Laser Weiss to you. Um, so we relaunched. We have a new studio. I couldn't be more excited, and we're getting back into it starting right now. It's pretty interesting, and I hope not unfortunate that maybe the first thing I'm going to be talking about is something that is a little bit controversial, um, and that is that there is an upcoming bill about homosexuality in the Senate. Uh, the bill is actually a bill that is supposed to protect same-sex marriage. Um, and it's bipartisan. So that's great, right? It shows that our government can still get together to do things together. For example, when it comes to sending billions of dollars to Ukraine, that can happen lightning fast. Border walls will take years of debate and struggle um, Joe Biden is currently building it, so it is bipartisan, right? So, uh, but years of struggle and debate, and in the end, it, it's done away from the public eye. But sending money to Ukraine, literally overnight. Um, and the reason why is pretty obvious. If you follow politics for a long time, you always find that Things that have a tremendous economic negative impact for the government or corporations are very difficult to pass in the United States. Things that are cultural, ideological, or make a profit for corporations are usually very bipartisan. Um, if not bipartisan, then they'll be overwhelmingly stacked toward whoever agrees with them. You know, for example, uh, Obamacare was a humongous windfall for the Democratic Party. Uh, not for the Democrat, I'm sorry. I mean for the insurance agencies. Overall, insurance agencies in this country made bank on Obamacare in a way that was unreal. So there was huge bipartisan support for it uh, after it was all hammered out. Yeah, there were a lot of ethical and, and somewhat honest people who were like, this is a huge government thing and the government shouldn't have this much involvement and regulatory oversight. But for the most part, mo most people were happy for Obamacare to be passed because a huge windfall for the insurance companies. Um, and ideological stuff, again, passes very easily. There'll be lots of bills and laws passed about same-sex marriage and, and transgender rights. These types of things are championed um, in the news. You know, if the Republicans want to champion something, it will also be something cultural. Republicans will talk about the, the fight for the right to life because these things don't cost money. Uh, since they don't cost corporations and industries money, um, there's generally uh, going to be something they'll fight about it. They'll fight for it. You know, when it comes to, for instance, mandating vaccines or at least mandating insurance companies pay for vaccines. Again, that that's a windfall. That means there's a lot of money. Somebody's making huge amounts of money. Billions of dollars were made. And so therefore, there's going to be wide bipartisan agreement. Um, it's It's not that difficult to understand this concept. So a cultural battle would be the battle for same-sex marriage and protecting it. And that's why right now there is a bill that's uh, coming from a bipartisan committee. Isn't that great? Guys, it's coming from a bipartisan committee. So here we go. Let's, let's take a look at it. The Senate delays same-sex marriage vote until after the midterms. The decisions come as bipartisan negotiators. Isn't that lovely? Bipartisan. Uh, hoped for a vote as soon as Monday, but they faced trouble lining up 10 Republicans to break a filibuster. So originally this bill started off as being very largely supportive. Let me switch this over here. Oh, there we go. That's a little nicer. Um, 
But now, because of, you know, at the end of the day, it's getting a little difficult. It's getting a little difficult, guys, to get all, you know, these uh, those, those Republicans. Why did the Republicans want to delay the vote? Hmm. By the way, I just want to be clear. Don't don't get too worried. I'm still very confident that the bill will pass, but we will have to take it up after the election. Why? Right. By the way, again, who delayed the vote? Don't don't think this wasn't bipartisan, the delay. It was Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. Um, so uh, he, he was okay with it. I mean, he wasn't, it was earlier in the day, a group of five senators leading talks recommended, and he accepted that. He could have called for a vote. They could they could have pushed for a vote now. They didn't. Why? What's what's behind it? Um, here we go. It speared Republican senators in difficult re-election races including Ron Johnson and Marco Rubio, a fraught choice of casting a vote that could anger their conservatives' base or one that could sour independent voters. This decision to delay the vote came as a relief to Republicans, the vast majority of whom opposed the measure and were worried that voting against it so close to the elections would alienate voters. You know what that should say, right? Again, forgetting about whether or not what you believe Let's forget about what you believe, what your what your belief system tells you, right? Let's forget about that for a quick, quick second. If you believe it's wrong, and again, I'm, I'm not taking sides yet. We'll get there. But let's just say you do believe it's wrong. Shouldn't that read? The decision to do so came as, it shouldn't even be a relief to Republicans. It shouldn't even be a relief to Republicans. It should be like the decision came as a disappointment to Republicans who were excited to vote with their conscience and do what they knew was right. Out, even if it's not going to say that, it should at least say the decision came as a relief to Republicans who knew they would have to vote against it because it's the right thing to do and knew that it would upset some people. But no, rather, the only thing they were relieved about is that they can not alienate voters. Yeah, right? This is not my quote. I think it's Thomas Sowell who said, uh, I, I don't want to misquote anyone, but I think it was Thomas Sowell who said that the uh, politicians are mainly concerned about their own problems, number one, two, and three of which are getting reelected, right? That's their priorities. Not you. Because alienating voters is what they're concerned about and not doing what's right. Shouldn't that say they were worried about, they were, they were worried about alienating voters? Who cares? What? You have to do the right thing, right? You have to do what God wants and what's right, not what will or will not alienate voters. So whatever, Let, let's just defocus that for a second. And let's talk about why this bill bothers me more than anything else that's going on in our culture right now. One of the most impactful things um, that I ever saw on a news program, specifically in my life, and it left an indelible impression on me to the extent that until this day, I, I often tell people about it. And I often say to them, uh, I'll tell them this story. I'll say this. When I saw this in high school, it had a massive impact on me. Back in the 90s, I was in high school, was when the debate about homosexuality and same-sex marriage was probably at a, at a peak in this country. Um, and I don't know, maybe, maybe some people will say it was earlier, but there was a lot going on. There was the Defensive Marriage Act, and there were tons of things going on. And back then, there were still politicians who had the guts to go on hostile news shows. You know, um, I don't remember what the '90s equivalent of CNN or MSNBC was, but um, maybe it was CNN and MSNBC. I, I'm not going to pretend I remember. But um, 
whatever it was, politicians would go on to hostile shows and they would talk proudly about the fact that they were pro-traditional marriage because culturally it was still acceptable. It was not political suicide in this country yet to say, I believe in this, right? And people would quote the Bible as a defense and say, this is biblical marriage. This is what marriage is. Over time, that petered out. And I remember in the 90s, one such politician was on a news program and there were two uh, reporters on the panel with him and they said to him, why are you so opposed to same-sex marriage as a, you know, being institutionalized? You know, and, and they weren't debating whether or not someone should be arrested for doing that. I, I think we had already sort of passed that point even then in this country. Um, right. And that, that itself is a whole different argument. If, if I think something is, is wrong or sinful, should, does that mean I think you should be arrested for committing a sin? You know, if the sin is moral and not something that society, okay, that, that's a whole different debate. They weren't debating that. They were just debating about the idea of institutionalizing it and making it equal to and promoting it as much as heterosexual marriage. And he said, well, it's a slippery slope. He actually said that. And the people on the panel burst into peals of laughter. They thought it was the most hilarious thing they'd ever heard. Oh, look at this guy. Slippery slope. And one guy on the panel said, why? If you legalize same-sex marriage, what do you think is going to happen next? We're going to legalize incest. And he was laughing. Oh, my God. It was so funny. Oh, as if anyone would ever think of anything so crazy. Oh, my gosh. By the way, uh, side note, it's now legal in, in many places in the world, um, officially. Um, second side note, um, this is something that other people have spoken about. I think Candace Owens, uh, Candace Owens on her show recently spoke about this issue. Uh, it turns out that it's it's one of the most searched terms on websites that display inappropriate material. They track these things apparently. Um, yeah. Who knew where that would go, right? In any case, let's let's move away from that for a second again. And let's let's go back to the fact that they just burst into laughter at him. And, and he was like embarrassed. He didn't know what to say. He didn't really have a good answer to like... Yeah, I don't know. I guess it sounds a little silly. I don't know. What? No, the problem is that he was wrong. It's not a slippery slope. That's ridiculous. Slippery slope is, 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 a, is an argument that to me is a fallacy. I hate that argument. I hate when people use the slippery slope argument because the real response to the slippery slope argument is, is it wrong or not? Don't tell me it's a slippery slope. Who cares? If it's okay, then who cares what it will lead to? And if it's not okay, why do I have to worry about what will happen later? Case in point, there are a lot of people who end up doing drugs in alleyways and overdosing and dying. You know how you could never wind up in an alleyway doing drugs? If you stay inside your house. Perhaps you shouldn't leave your house. It's a slippery slope. You might wind up in an alleyway dead. Stay inside, kids. That's ridiculous. The slippery slope argument is silly. If it's wrong, if the reason it will lead to other things is because it's wrong, so explain why it's wrong. And then we can talk about how because you're doing something wrong, it will cause a certain breakdown in morals or moral ideas or something like that. But you got to tell me why it's wrong. Don't just tell me it's a slippery slope. Okay. So what is the problem? I, I just remember the impact it had on me. It was so dramatic. I was thinking like, yeah, he looks like such an idiot. Like, you didn't think they would ask you 
Like, what do you mean it's a slippery slope? You came to this like all confident. Well, it's a slippery slope. Now, the real answer is that, of course, back in those days, people still felt maybe in our culture and in society that there was such a respect for the idea of biblical values that just by saying, well, it's in the Bible, that, you know, you could you could sort of have a, have a dramatic effect. <gasps> it's in the Bible. Whoa. Right? Now, first of all, I don't know why people thought that was true even then. Um, but perhaps more importantly, even, well, okay, two things. More importantly, it's not true now. Sorry. But even more importantly, the reason it fails is because there are so many people who just use it fraudulently. And when you use, when you cry, you know, it's like the boy who cried wolf. How many people didn't really understand or have any underpinnings to their values, but would just pound the Bible, right? Well, I think there was a saying, if you have, uh, if you have proof, pound on the proof. If you don't have proof, pound on the table. If you don't have a table, pound on the Bible. I don't remember. I might've messed that one up. Don't sue me. Uh, but Again, what, what you what uh, it's in the Bible, okay? And is is God cruel? Why does He care? You have to have the answers, um, which I, I believe I do actually have the answers, uh, and they're and they're not because it's bad for society. That to me is a very inadequate answer. It's bad for everyone, and therefore I shouldn't do it. Is it bad for me? Well, not no. It's not bad for you specifically, but it's really bad if everyone in society is. So why can't I do it? I want to do it. Well, because it's bad for society, don't you see? That's that's a, to me a very very weak. But I don't want to get into the religious rationale, um, even though I think it is just rational uh, and something I'm very confident that I could defend. Uh, but I don't want to get into it because there's something even more important. When society accepts a lie as a baseline truth. Every other lie can also be accepted as a truth. You cannot say, this lie is special. It's different. I, I'm willing to accept this, this lie in this box right here. This lie. I, that's okay. However, this other lie over here, this lie is, is uh, no, not that one. I'm sorry. That, that's a lie. I said, well, would you accept this? No, no, no. Well, that, that's true. If everybody knows it's not true, even if they know it only in their heart or subconsciously, so then, of course, the other light should, well, here's another light, so you just accept this one. The greatest example of this is the notion that there is, in fact, such a thing as homosexuality. And if you didn't think I was going here, and if this makes you upset, then I apologize. If you're willing to be intellectually honest, maybe listen, and you can respond, and I'll read your response and try and respond to it. When I was, again, growing up, it was told that science had made all these great discoveries. And among them was that there was now scientific support for the idea that some people are just homosexual. This became a major part of culture. Songs, movies, television shows, books, literature was all pushed for years and years and years saying that it is correct and indisputable that some people are simply homosexual. That's it. That is their nature. If you don't accept it, it's because you're a science denier, right? Which is why, by the way, anybody who says, uh, I don't like somebody, you know, I don't, I don't like the idea of homosexuality, is immediately branded a bigot. Because it's so clear and obvious that homosexuality is natural, healthy, good, that th there cannot be any reason why a normal, rational, stable human being would not accept it. Either you are not emotionally stable, or you're, or you're some kind of nut, right? Not emotionally stable. You're some kind of like crazy person. Or 
you have some some hang up maybe it's because you're a religious fanatic right you, religion has so wormed its insidious way into your heart that it prevents you from seeing that which is clearly true or it's because you have some kind of of unfounded bigotry something you were raised to believe this crazy sick belief that homosexuals are dirty and evil and that's why right it can't be it can't be that you just don't it can't be because it's so clear right now this was was so heavily pushed into the public mainstream that eventually people did actually accept it it is now for a majority of the population in america crystal clear and accepted that Homosexuality is simply a fact. Some people are homosexual. Now, this is despite the fact that there are so many things, like so many things that were simply accepted science to the effect that they were enforced by law that are completely wrong and have been shown with complete, like irrefutable evidence to be completely wrong. I'll just give you two quick examples. One is refrigerator parenting. At one point, the scientific community, the medical community, accepted that autism was caused because of bad parenting. They believed that parents who were unable to raise their children correctly uh, emotionally were the reason kids were becoming autistic. How far did this go? There are stories of people whose children were taken away from them. Barring anything else, in a society, it is hard to imagine a bigger and more harsh reach of the law than to come and take your children away from you. You have a natural right, a natural bond, something that in most cases should supersede the law, except if there's like an extreme you know, danger of life, even if that is, is emotional trauma or if physical abuse, certainly there are times when, when society will need to step in and sever that. But that has, that's a very severe thing. We can all agree. And they did it. They took people's children away from them because those children became autistic and people in the medical community, the process would go like this, which a child would display signs of autism. Children would go to the doctor. The doctor would say, oh, it's because of your parenting. You must do X, Y, Z. It wouldn't help because that wasn't the cause of autism. And then the parents would go back and the doctor would say, you are clearly abusing this child or incapable of raising him properly and we have to get services involved. One of the most gut-wrenching things I ever read was by a mother who went through this experience and believed for many years that the reason her child became autistic was because of her. This has been totally and thoroughly debunked. Everything I just said is Googleable. Go, go for it. I'm not going to do it for you. Totally, thoroughly debunked. It is absolutely false. With incontrovertible scientific evidence, we understand to an extent, to an extent, we the autism is still a tremendous mystery, but we know for sure it is not caused by bad parenting. At all. Zero. We destroyed people's lives because of it. Okay? So, science says something's true, doesn't mean anything. The other is probably the biggest lie of all time, literally. And it's something I've spoken about before, and I'll speak about it again. The greatest lie that has ever been told in all of human history, which is that there's a thing called evolution 
and that human beings actually descended from a chain of life forms that go back to some kind of simple organism. This has been thoroughly debunked, thoroughly, beyond any shadow of a doubt. I don't, not, again, not, not, it's a belief or not, well, there's enough evidence on both sides that a person could choose to not accept if he doesn't want to, but to be, to be, to be and my scientist could beat up your scientist. No, 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 no. It's gone. One of the best analysis of this, the scientific community by and large knows this well. If you find a scientist who is honest and is willing to look past any propaganda and any of his own biases, he'll tell you this. But if you want to see it inside with the evidence spelled out for you in a way that anyone who has, you know, a decent IQ can understand, you can look up. Dr. Lee Spetner's book, Not By Chance, it's available on Amazon, where all he does is lay out the science. There is no bias. There is no religion. None of that. None of that garbage. It's all, quote, unquote, garbage. There is, it's all science. That's it. And it will explain to you why it is 100% clear that evolution is false. That's all. Several different proofs he lays out. Each one could stand on its own. Guess what's taught in schools even today? Evolution. They still teach it. So the fact that society tells us that something is true certainly isn't a reason to believe that it's true. Now, let's move on. A bunch of years ago, I personally felt bothered, and I'm, I'm not going to pretend that the reason wasn't religious. As a religious person, it bothered me, the idea that some people are just born homosexual, especially because God in the Bible commands us to have children. It's an extremely important thing. Um, it's one of the considered of, of paramount importance, one of the most important things that a person does in his life, right? And that some people cannot have, but you have to try. And the idea that, um, and, and those children, by the way, are supposed to be from a certain kind of relationship. And as the Sefer HaChinuch, the book of Torah education, uh, explains, this is an ancient commentary, not a modern one, that part of the idea of heterosexual marriage is that God wants children specifically to be born into a union of a loving husband and wife. Specifically of a loving husband and wife who are in an intimate relationship emotionally and physically and psychologically and have this powerful bond. Not just that it means you should have, it's like one person, I heard a person answer this once again in, in the time when people, again, just, just sort of accepted this as something that was obviously true. I, I heard a Jewish person address this question and he said, well, it, it's difficult if you're born homosexual to engage in this uh, procreative act that is prescribed by the Torah, but it's just something you have to do. You have to push yourself to do it. Um, and you may not love it, but you're, you can be capable of it and you have to not give it. And yes, you have a unique challenge. Baloney. That disregards the idea that the, the Torah doesn't just want children to just exist through a physical act. That is not what God wanted. God wants children to exist in a very specific type of context. And that context is in the context of a loving husband and wife who have the kind of relationship that God desires for a husband and wife to have. So it, it seemed very strange to me that that which is incumbent on every person is something 
that some people should just be born with basically not even the capability of doing. Now, just theologically, because I think it's relevant, um, in case you think, you'll, you'll ask me two questions. You'll say, question one, let's say it is impossible for some people. Is that necessarily a problem? If a person is truly homosexual, meaning he cannot form a relationship with women the same way he can with men, you know, sort of the opposite of a heterosexual person who we would say cannot form a relationship with a man the way he could form a relationship with a woman. So, right, if the homosexual is truly that, and maybe maybe it's not for him. Maybe he simply can't fulfill this particular. We know there are some people who simply can't fulfill certain obligations, right? So if you'll maybe you'll ask me that question. To that, I would answer you that um, from a theological perspective, that's not valid because the Rishonim, which is the Hebrew word for the early commentaries. This means that this is not some modern idea or some thought that came in response to something else. But oh, 900 years ago, people already asked questions like this on other aspects of the Bible. For example, the Bible says, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife or donkey. Right? By which, by the way, those are a reference to all possessions. You're not to covet that which is your neighbor's. And the Evan Ezra, who is one of these early commentators, says, how can God command you to do something which you may not necessarily be able to control? It's possible sometimes that you'll wish you had something and you'll see your neighbor has it and you'll say, I wish I had that. And then you're in violation. And he answers that although almost impossible to reach this level, it is actually possible. What was the question? What was bothering him? What was bothering him was that if something is almost impossible, that's okay. But if something is actually impossible, that's not okay. God can't tell you to do something against him. Oh, but what about the fact that some people are born without a hand, so they can't put on phylacteries, those are the boxes that Jews put on? But again, that's that's not something that's um, blocked from him because of something that's about his nature. That's a physical reality that we could see. The only times that we allow something to be impossible is if you simply don't possess the physical reality for it. So if someone is not from a certain class of people, like we have in the Jewish world, we have Kohanim. Kohanim and are people who can do fulfill certain mitzvot, certain commandments that other people can't. But that's because they were born differently. They came from a lineage that has this in it. I don't want to get too theological. But the point is that we see from the early commentaries. Again, this is not, I, I like that it's from the early commentaries because it's not some modern thing. I didn't think it up. It's not like some modern thinker was like, yeah, well, this may be, a, no, 900 years ago, they were already talking about this. And the consensus throughout the ages has always been that God does not ask of you to do the impossible. If God says do something, it is possible. Uh, and I want to address something else, which is how do I know that this is of paramount importance in Judaism? Um, the Gemara, the Talmud teaches that when a person dies, they will ask him a few questions, not that many. And these are pre, pre his trial in heaven. And one of those questions is, did you engage in the act of procreation? That's how important it is. Before you even get to like go to your, your day of judgment, you will first be asked, did you engage in, pro, in procreation? That's how important this is. All right, let's move on. So it's that important. And it was really bothering me. I said to myself, if something is this important, how could God create some people homosexual? And so I started looking into it. And 
to my shock, and, and I say that sincerely, I discovered that there is not a scintilla, not even a iota, not even the remotest speck of anything that could be called evidence for the existence of homosexuality as a reality. I was shocked. Shocked. I paid for scientific papers. I mean, this is going back many years ago. I bought them and read them. The studies that they used that purported to show such things were, to be generous, flawed at best. Some of them were outright nonsense, and others were just people suggesting theories that were then later quoted over in other scholarly papers as proof. But when you go look at the source material, it's just a theory, a hypothesis. This is perhaps why homosexuality was originally listed as a disorder, right? As we'll get to, it certainly seems like a disorder. And yet, for some reason, even though it was considered a disorder, they changed it to become not a disorder. They, the, they meaning the APA and the psychiatric community, later accepted that it was not. Now, not much has changed. It's now got to be almost a five years since the last time I looked into this issue, right? But if you go and Google it right now, guess what you'll find? Proof for homosexuality. The first link is from 2015. And there's no proof in that link, by the way. Um, then we we get to these more of the, you can just read you can read all this stuff if you want. None of it contains any proof. All of it contains a bunch of stuff that is like, and and all of it contains like. By the way, this is again from 2012. All of these links, however, recent or late, are all things that are somewhat possibly suggestive of the idea that maybe. There could be something to it, right? And then there's the stuff that might be problematic for the homosexual community. Like apparently there was a study once done. It was one of the studies I read, and it was a terrible study, and it was awful, about the fact that there might be a gay gene, right? And now they did this massive study to check the first study, and it turns out that, of course, the first study was debunked because it was garbage anyway. It was a terribly done study. Um, massive study finds no single genetic cause. Homosexuality, uh, study of, of gay brothers may confirm, right? There is no gay gene. The gay gene is a myth. By the way, look at this. I love this type of stuff. Stop calling it a choice. And then the gay gene is a myth. You got to love it. Um, but they have. there is zero conclusive evidence to the idea. So why is it that we have a culture simply accept this? You ask people, if you go over to people and you say to them, hey, uh, can someone just be gay? And like, that's that's it. They're just gay. The, the majority of Americans will say, by polling at least, will say, yeah, I do accept that. Why? Based on what? And people will tell you, what do you mean? There's evidence. And by the way, if you would have gone to someone, I believe it was back in the 70s, and said to them, do you believe autism Autism is caused by bad parenting? I would have said, yes. Yes, I do believe that. Right? And yet it's not true. So what do you, what do, you do? If you go to people today and you say, do you believe in evolution? Yes. What do you mean? It's been thoroughly debunked. Thoroughly. I still believe it. You would think 
that your average person would have the brains to go through the following simple idea in their head. And yet, I, I, I don't find that they do. Which is, homosexuality is a deeply spiritual belief. Considering that the main supporters are people who say that they don't believe in God, or that, say, religion is something that stands in their way, um, it's pretty ironic. What do I mean by it's a deeply spiritual belief? If you believe that human beings are animals, just like any other animal, there are lions and there are tigers and there are zebras, and there are also humans. You don't find homosexuality as a setting in any creature on this planet. All creatures have the urge to procreate. That doesn't mean you won't find a single creature in the planet that occasionally exhibits homosexual behavior. You do find that, and ironically, even though that would be against the people who say that homosexuality is a thing, since you see animals engaging in it as a behavior rather than as a modality in their personal lives, uh, it's always worth proof. Look, there's this one type of penguin or this one type of, I don't know, like a, a monkey or alligator or lizard that engages in homosexuality. There is. And, and as a species, you will not find that there are creatures that have this modality where they choose to act this way. Now, by the way, in humans, bizarrely, they do go back and forth, which really puts the whole thing to a lie. You can have people who are, who are homosexual and say, I am homosexual. That is it. I am homosexual. Done. We're done. We're done here. And then 10 years later, they realize that they, they weren't and they were going through a phase. How, how is that even a thing? By the way, if this was like maybe one person or two people, you would say, okay, it's just one or two people. They were, but it's not. This is something that happens so often. There are like statistical percentages of people who say they're homosexual that will discover they are not. But again, if you look in the world, despite the fact that if you Google it, you'll find some results, they're all lies. Because if you read the actual science, you will find there is not a single creature in the world where homosexuality is something that, 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 that happens in that species. Some are just born homosexual. So where would this behavior come from if you don't believe in God? if you don't believe in a spiritual being other than just the physical, where did this behavior come from? Why are, why are some humans just homosexual? Where's the science? And if you want to say, well, well, it's a gene, where on earth did that genetic mutation come from? I mean, like, that should just bother you. Why would human beings have this genetic mutation that no other species in the planet has? certainly would go against the idea of evolution since evolution would bring us more toward procreation. But that's not a proof. I'm not bringing a proof because you can't prove a negative. The truth is it doesn't need to be proven or disproven. The idea that a person should prefer something that his body is not naturally made for versus what his body is naturally made for itself is something that should require dramatic amounts of evidence. And yet there is none. Not, not there is a little bit, there is some. Other than the fact that people say they are, there is actually zero evidence. I stress that because there are two problems here. 
One problem is that, well, you'll say the fact that there's no evidence doesn't prove, it doesn't prove, it doesn't, I don't need to prove it. You see, even if I don't prove it, society still accepted it. So problem one is I don't think it is true. But problem two is much bigger. Why has society accepted as a truth something that is not necessarily true? It might be true. Let's just say the jury's out. Let's say I'll give you that. Who cares? So don't say the jury's out. So say that. But we don't say that. We as a society say the following. Homosexuality is true. It's real. There are people who are simply homosexual. The end. Okay. So how as a conservative are you going to defend the idea that men cannot become women? Oh, sort of standard conservative belief for now, even though there are already people who are conservative who are saying that they don't believe that. But let's say you do. I don't see how you could defend it. If I was talking to you, I would throw this in your face. I'd say, excuse me, um, excuse me, Senator, whatever. Uh, Mark, Senator Rubio, do, do you believe that there are people who are homosexual? Oh, yes, of course. I know certainly people who are homosexual. Um, oh, okay. So then maybe there are people who are trans. Whoa, whoa, that's against science. Oh, it, what's the science behind homosexuality? Well, it's true, obviously. Right? People yell at you. You're trying to erase my existence. Are you trying to erase? You're trying to erase me. Is that what's going on? Uh, I mean, okay. I don't, know. I don't even know how to respond to such stupidity. Nope, you exist. Whether or not you like having sex with men, which is not anything to do with your setting that precludes you from having a relationship with women. You're not claiming that you enjoy something. That's very believable. Sex with men has been enjoyed since the ancient Romans and Greeks, probably before, I'm sure, right? People also enjoy having relations with their hands. Does that make them solo sexual? No, something that feels good and they enjoy it. Some people become addicted to it. Does that make them solo sexual? No, that's not a sexuality. Some people are in love with themselves. Does that, no, that's, that, that also doesn't. What about if a person says, I love my hand. I love it. I love my hand so much I gave it a name and I want to marry it. And you're a bigot if you don't, that doesn't prove anything. That doesn't, that's not. So, okay. So you are a certain person who enjoys a certain type of activity that you do. Okay. How does that prove that you are a unique subset of human beings? It doesn't. And you say, but it doesn't disprove it. Again, I don't care if it disproves it. That's, that's a different discussion. The fact is it doesn't prove it. But we as society has, have accepted something that is not proven as a basic fact. So what about every other thing that you say? We can't believe in the idea that truth is real if we've already given that up. And that's my message today. Until we have the wherewithal within ourselves to admit this, if something isn't true, then we cannot accept that it is. Until our politicians and our leaders have the guts to stand up and say, it is not necessarily true. We have not seen any proof and we don't know that this is true. Then every other lie 
will always be accepted also. Because why not? I mean, for gosh sakes, why not? You want to claim you're an alligator? What's wrong? Hi, I identify as an alligator. Oh, you mean like that's your neo pro? No, no, no. I I identify as an alligator. You mean that's your like person? No, 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 no. I am an actual alligator. Sounds like a dumb meme. Until somebody means it. Until somebody says, I am a dragon, which has already happened. Until somebody says, I am actually a different race, which has already happened. And what are you going to say? You can't be that. Well, why not? A person can be homosexual. What do you mean? That's real. Yeah, prove it. Prove it. Well, you're a bigot and a racist. Okay, so then I can say the same thing. You're a bigot and a racist if you don't accept me. If you accept one lie as fact, and even if it's not a lie because it's a lie because we're saying it is a fact, that's the lie. If you accept that something that may not necessarily be true is definitely true, I don't know what to tell you. You already lost. And that's where we are. And I'm sorry, but that's why I have to talk about this. Because there is no proof. And again, go Google it. And if you think you have the proof, post it here. I'll, I promise that if you post something, you say, this is the proof. I'm not shy. And I'm not, I'm not embarrassed to be wrong. I will read it online and I will go through it. And we will together explore whether or not it proves that this is true. But I haven't seen that yet. And as far as I know, no one else has either. And therefore, the fact that we just accept it and we say, this is true, is the death of truth. So we need to have people, leaders, who have the ability and the courage to say that. And that's all I have for today. Thanks for watching this episode of The Blazing Laser Show.